0: This is a cool move by mom. Yeah. I don't have any chill like Me. This. Hey everybody, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review Podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we are recapping The Way Home, Episode 3, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. We are both at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. You can also jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. Come talk about this show or any of the Hallmark movies or anything adjacent, really. A couple quick things to say about The Way Home before we jump into our recap. Yeah, I'll start. Episode three this week, the episode we're reviewing, <laughs> it pulled in 1.4 million live viewers. So they're staying pretty steady with their views there. It hasn't really dropped off, which is great. Yes, I'm very happy to see that. I've seen a lot of good hype from the community, I would say, around the show. I think it's being well received. I really like it. So I hope others are enjoying it too because yeah. I want to see it keep going. Me too. I hear we have some behind the scenes news for episode three. We have a new director in episode three, and it is Namisha Mukherjee. So far, she is credited with two episodes. So I think we're going to get episode three and four mm-hmm. from this director. Right. And she's an award-winning director, writer, and producer. And I'm just excited to to have like a female behind the camera, mm, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't even know On a who... show like this. Yeah. Yeah. But side note, I don't know who directed the first two. Grant Harvey. Oh, okay. So it was a dude. Yeah. And Grant Harvey is more of a TV series director than a movie director, for what it's worth. So looking at his directing credits, it's a lot of- TV series, which of course mm-hmm. is what we're talking about, but he's—I would say—he's not deep in the Hallmark universe. Was my point there, right? And while Namisha isn't either, she is known for her documentaries. Oh. However, she's done she's done shows like Big Shot on Disney Plus, uh-huh. a show that I love. Yeah. <laughs> of Virgin River, a couple episodes of that, an episode of the sh- a show called The Imperfects. She is from. Canada so I believe a lot of these the stuff she the work she does is Canadian yeah well let's jump into our recap of the way home episode three I don't want to miss a thing are you ready for a synopsis I am Alice falls in love with the past and has her first kiss Cat starts a job with the local newspaper and Dell deals with bittersweet memories attached to Colton's boat Alice falls in love with the past I love that line. Do you? I do. I think it's great with what we know happens in this episode. Yes. yes. Double meaning. All mm-hmm. All right. This episode opens. We have Dell cooking breakfast and Kat comes in, and Dell's going to Dell. She tells Kat to look for a <laughs> job. Kat wants to keep writing. Dell tells her she needs to prove that she can make money as a writer. Like that, that little bit of softening we got at the end of episode two, it's gone. She's back to being hard ass Dell. Get your butt to work, Kat. Yeah. I think by the third episode here, I'm a little bit tired of this conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like Kat, it's time to do something now. Or Del, you need to leave it alone. But honestly, Kat really needs to do something. You feel like Del is right. I do. And I know that's different from how you feel. Well, (laughs) I don't feel like she's wrong. But again, we're three. the, The timeline is there maybe three days in. Yeah, before I, it takes a minute to find a new job. I think you're you're soft and sweet. You're gonna be that mom that lets your adult children live <laughs> at your house forever. I think perhaps yes, I am a little, I'm a little bit of a softy. I, <laughs> I haven't lived at home since I was 17 years old. Alice enters and she's full of sunshine. She puts mint in cat's tea. She's been up early working on the farm apparently, and she says she's going to quote. Head out to hang out with Spencer and Zoe, Dun dun and I don't know about you, but I was like, Oh, she's got friends, I'm so naive. <laughs> you are I'm think teenagers are gonna lie it was this was kind of funny because, as a mom to a fifteen year old I would my little radar would be up if she came in and was chipper as Alice was. Something is going on, <laughs> yeah, totally, well, you know. <laughs> Alice says, oh, in time, I found my place again. Once again, it's been three days. Mm-hmm. So while even though we could make an argument for Kat getting to I do think it is still early days for Alice to have find her, found her place among a new group of peers. So I thought that was funny. But like you, Kat's radar is peaked. Mm-hmm. And she asks Del, are there drugs here now? <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. And Del <laughs> tells her to chill. Yeah, see, and this this makes me wonder, like, Dell being so kind of chill, you know, considering that she lost a child who, or a child who went missing. Yeah. And she's just so very like, oh, it's fine. Alice is going to be fine, is very sus to me. Agree. So I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. This mother daughter moment is interrupted by someone arriving at the farm. We hear voices outside, and Dell and Kat go outside to investigate hmm. So we have two strangers, essentially, and they're like, hey, we heard about this boat might be for sale and we're interested. And then, of course, we get a flashback scene. Dell is remembering when Colton brings the boat home and he's like, look at Delhi, look at this great boat. He's like so hyped for it. And she's pretty stunned that somebody wants to take the boat from her. I first want to say high five to the editing team in this episode. There are so many great flashbacks interwoven with these scenes. Mm -hmm. I think on a greater volume than we've seen in the past episodes. And it just lends so much more information. The pacing in this episode is great. But Del's reaction surprised me. Not that she was upset, but that she agreed, I think it's time to let her go. Yeah, I was a little surprised too. But then again, not, because why had she been holding on to this boat for so long when she has gotten rid of mostly everything else? hmm. hmm. So and, unless because it's I say because it's Colton. But I mean, she did get rid of his stuff, too. So or that it's easier to throw away a box full of items and much harder to ditch a giant boat in a dumpster. Yes. And to your note about the editing and how great they like weave in these like memories to give us like context and everything. Very hard to do when you're writing notes for a recap on a podcast. I know. 1999, present day, 1999, present day. (laughs) Oh, this is a flashback, but we're not actually in 99. Okay. 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 Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. But it's, it's done very well. It is. It's an enjoyable watch. Yes. And then we get our opening title. No, no opening music, nothing, just the way home. Nope. And Alice, in the next scene, Alice is in the pond. We are in 1999, and she comes across a backpack that Elliot has hidden for her that has dry clothes, which then solves the problem of her always being wet when she arrives to Cat's house, right? Yeah, I wondered, had they had a discussion about that? Because she went right to it. And I originally thought, oh, good job. You stashed clothes. And then we find out via a note that it's Elliot's doing. Right, exactly. And he picked out her, some terrible clothes for her. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think it was that bad. It looked like like a moo. <laughs> I don't know. Like a prairie dress. A prairie but prairie Something was wearing in 2023. She... I... <laughs> I mean, she had like cute Doc Martens on with it. And yeah. like, it, it worked to me. But she, uh, Kat was horrified when she saw it. Kat was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Kat you know? was horrified. So as Alice walks away from the... Woods. We hear There She Goes by Sixpence, None the Richer playing. And I'm going to call this our first notice in the 90s moment. It is background music, but... Yes. let me. I did a little deep dive on this song. Mm. First of all, it originally came out in 1989 by a band called The Laws. They're like an English Mm -hmm. band. It never really charted here in the States. And then Sixpence, None the Richer re-released it in 1999 for a movie called Snow Day. But for me, this song, how many times have I watched... Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. in the first episode of Gilmore Girls, which also came out in 2000. Mm. But Okay, soon. so it was a hit prior to that. Anyway, it, it, this is where I see like a parallel of like two shows. Uh-huh. For me, Gilmore Girls always had excellent music in it. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing this show, which I feel so far has also had really good music in it. So there are these like little similarities that I really am enjoying. I agree. I agree. They're like almost like, you know, Gilmore Girls is kind of the classic mother daughter drama show. It's almost like a nod to that show that laid the groundwork for future shows like this. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. agree. And, and if you've ever watched, and I know this is not a Gilmore Girls podcast, <laughs> but if you've ever watched Gilmore Girls as a parent, uh-huh. it's a totally different <laughs> yeah. story than watching it as a young adult. We see the boat in 1999 first, and then Alice is greeted by Colton and Dell, and Kat calls to her through a window. And when she walks in her room, we get that scene Wendy a reference where she says, what are you wearing? Yes, yes. <laughs> and the best part here in this whole scene is something I did as a teenager and what we see Kat doing. And she is waiting for the song to come on the radio so she can press record on her tape recorder. I loved it. To make a mixtape. Alice says mixtapes are so vintage and Cat, and maybe my fa- favorite line in the show says this is a CD player and a tape player. Yeah, man, that you were balling with a CD player and a tape player, just like the TV that had the VCR built into it, too. Right? Oh, yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> so, of course, she's playing Britney Spears. Baby hit me one more time. This was the best selling single of 1999. Still hits in 2023, I think. I think we need some sort of like noticed in the 90s, like music when we have these moments, because that's definitely a notice in the 90s moment for me. A 100%. And then we have a moment where Alice picks up Kat's copy of Alice in Wonderland. This is the second time we've seen this book in this show. You know, part of me wonders, is it just an allusion to the fact that Alice is kind of like through the looking glass, like she's gone back in time? Or is this book can have some greater meaning that we're not fully aware of yet? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and also, we never have an explanation of, like, how Alice was named Alice. Did Kat name Alice after the book? Or did Kat name Alice after the friend that she had in 1999? Cat Alice is named after herself. Because in the first episode, I remember, she says she named me after me. She had She had been told she was named after her childhood friend, Alice. I know. But why is there no, like, connection to the Alice in Wonderland book? Yeah, and that's a good question. I guess we don't know yet that there isn't. Yeah, right. And then Elliot comes running in. Guys, I got it. And the next scene, notice in the 90s, pew, 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 we hear the dial-up internet sounds of our youth. Do you remember getting the AOL CD in the mail? Yes, I do for me, it was a hard sell to get my parents to let me to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know what it was. What are we paying? Cause you had to pay for a subscription to have AOL, mm-hmm. right? What are we paying for? So when I was finally allowed to get AOL and set it up, and by the way, it took forever. <laughs> to set it Yes. Up. Yes. It <laughs> was a big day for me too. So I, I could feel that moment, that victory. I, I remember I would take the, like the phone line because at that time your phone, fo- it was a dial up modem. You were using your regular like landline at uh-huh, home uh-huh. and I would be on the internet and somebody would pick up the phone to use the phone and it would be like, and it would disconnect me, <laughs> me. And I'd be like, damn it, I'm on the internet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am. I amming Oh my goodness. It took me back to hear that modem sound and it makes me so sad. Like, I- our children will never understand that. They'll They're never were, understand the struggle. They walk around with a computer in their hand all day long. Right. You know, look, when I went to college, we had to have a special card, like a piece of hardware installed in our computers in order to be able to access the really cool high speed internet on campus. Like, it was no Wi Fi, it was plugged into a wall. And I had to have like someone. From the IT department, come to my dorm room and install that in my computer. And that person's name was Nick Alt and is a friend of mine to this day. Oh, funny. But I mean, the things we went through to get the internet. Yeah. It's funny. It's really funny to be like, to hear Kat say something like, Why can't you just call her? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of a new frontier. It was very cool to talk to people like, All over the world, you know? Yeah, Alice says, yeah, the internet is a really big deal where I come from. Next scene, we are back in present day, and Elliot... What's funny? Just one of Kat's lines. Oh, okay. We are back in present day, and Elliot is at the diner, and Kat is reaching her new book as a Laura Ingalls Wilder, but with cars, (laughs) and she is immediately hung up on, which I don't hate it. She's just trying to get that book deal, but doesn't want to write the story about Jacob, obviously. Monica comes refills Kat's coffee she basically shades her on drinking more coffee and about drinking alcohol because Kat says something how she wants something harder but you know they're at a diner yeah it's clearly the morning I mean exactly Monica says oh I used to need alcohol on hard days too which uh, you know I don't know too holier than thou in that moment i agree agree we cut back to 1999 and everyone's standing around the boat and this is where we meet young danny sawyer and we learn that my prediction last week was correct this is a buddy of jacobs all right bff And kat is on team boat she wants this boat to happen dell's not totally sold she feels like it's i think gonna be a lot of work but colton has that gleam in his eye he's got a dream and he's gonna make it happen yeah, that's too much work for me. Like, they're like, let's get this boat in ship shape. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm the even, in this situation who's like... I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want that to float on water? Next scene, we have Kat. She's at the newspaper on the suggestion from Elliot that she should pitch to work at the newspaper, the local newspaper. So she's with Byron, and they're talking, she's telling him what a great, like, Award-winning journalist she is, and blah blah blah. And he's like, "You're Dell's daughter, right? Okay, you're hired." Yeah, it's such a quick turnaround. He goes, "Well, this is kind of a one-man operation, but you're Dell's kid, okay?" Yes, and it makes me wonder: a newspaper, or is this a daily newspaper? Is a one-man operation? I refuse to believe this is a daily newspaper. It, can't, it has to be like the community paper that comes out once a week, right? I, that. That's my guess too. Jump back to 1999, and everyone's on the porch of the farmhouse, and Jacob's like, "Alice, why do you only come around sometimes? I don't, I don't, know what's happening here?" And they tell him to lay off. But this is a very sweet scene of Colton playing the guitar. Alice joins in. I really like these musical scenes. I don't always love a musical scene in a show, but I really enjoy when Alice is playing, when Colton is playing and singing. Yes, the way Colton looks at Dell in this scene when he's singing to her, yeah. I'm like, these two are so in love. Like, yeah. they, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it brought up a lot of feelings. I was like, the, it's very sweet the way he looks at her. Yeah jump back to the present day and Del is Delling and is annoyed that Byron has hired Kat. Del, you wanted her to get a job <laughs> like at some point. Did you really want her to work at the point? Is that really what you wanted for I her? I mean, I think so. I think she was like, you need to give up this writing gig and do some hard work. I don't know. I, not that writing's not hard work. It is hard work, but I, 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 don't, I don't understand Del's She's like a dog with a bone here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we can agree that writing a book is different than working on staff at a newspaper where you're going to have a steady paycheck as opposed to writing something that someone may or may not buy in the future. Exactly. Well, Alice returns and Kat notices that she's damp. <laughs> and I was like, Alice, girl, you need to leave a towel behind when you you jump in that way. So when she comes back she can at least dry off when she changes her clothes. But the biggest issue here is her hair. Her hair is always wet. Yes that too. Yeah. What a drag. Alice sees the Polaroid on the counter and kind of like freaks out a little bit. But then hears Dell say that you know Dell's gonna sell the boat and Alice is clearly upset about it.
1: Having seen we're coming the magic.
0: Off- yes exactly. And of course like Kat and Dell don't understand alice's like reaction Mm -hmm. because they obviously don't know what she just has experienced back in 1999 like the loving family and they're very together and alice says like doesn't understand like why they don't remember that they used to care about each other right and like what has happened yeah, so Kat should be happy because she's got her moody teenager back in this moment. Exactly. <laughs> um, still in the present day, we cut to the high school. Elliot is talking to teachers, and in Alice's never-ending pitch to get him arrested and or fired, <laughs> she runs up and says, I found a Polaroid, and um, he says, could you please stop doing that? Yeah, this is going to raise too many questions about their relationship, you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it, I see it comes at comic relief. I don't think I, there's going to be anything to come of it, but it, it is pretty funny. I think a, I, I like it. It's a nice running bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice is worried that Kat has figured out time travel and uh, Elliot's not worried. But again, great line. He says, keep an eye on the Polaroid. If you pull a Marty McFly and start to disappear, mm-hmm. we have a problem. And Alice has no idea what he's talking about. She says, you're so old. <laughs> quite funny. Has your daughter seen Back to the Future? She has. Yes. Yeah, it's one of my husband's favorite movies, so my kids have seen it multiple times, but I don't Mm -hmm. don't, You can't be like the flux capacitor. Oh, they would know. My kids would know that. I don't know if kids in general, if it's part of their lexicon. Thank you. Yes. Well, it's funny because I I looked back to see when Back to the Future came out. It, It came out in movie theaters in 1985. Yeah. And Elliot, I'm guessing, is 15 in 1999, so the movie had come out 14 years prior. So I think that he would be familiar with a Back to the Future joke, right? Yeah, I think it's a classic. Yeah, I agree. Still in the present day, Kat shows up to the Herald, and Byron shows her to her desk, and it's covered in a giant stack of books. And he says, "Yeah, it gives you a little bit of privacy. and. She's pitching all these columns that she wants to write, one about mothers and daughters. And Byron's like, well, I got an assignment for you. <laughs> you're too new. You don't get to decide what you're writing about here, Cat, Step back a minute. Mm-hmm. And we cut to her interviewing a farmer about the town's biggest cucumber. Which is weird. However, we will get a voiceover later on of her article, which then I feel ties in, ties up the episode nicely. Okay. We were back in high school now, and Spencer graciously invites Alice to his 16th birthday party. Now, I'm like, where is Spencer's girlfriend that we have seen the last two episodes? Is Zoe his girlfriend, or are they just buddies? Oh, uh, maybe they're just friends. I kind of assumed that they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but I don't remember exactly. Okay. I don't know that we've gotten any... Specific evidence one way or the other. Okay. So, anyway, I think it's real nice that he invites her to come to the party and she's, you know, she obviously wants to jump back in the pond and head back to 1999 because that's truly like she doesn't even care about present day. She's really into finding out stuff of the past, you know? Yeah. When she says she's found her place, she doesn't mean in 2023 Port Haven. Right. She's just on assignment. <laughs> she, you know. Right. We jump back to the Herald, and Byron does not love Kat's first article. He says there's no passion, and I 100% agree with Byron here. He says, you know, it feels like you're you're writing like you're too good for this town, like you are above it, and Kat says she feels like it's a step back, and I think that's a real shit move, Kat. This guy gave you a job, right? Don't act like these people are beneath you. You came back home because you needed a place to go. Yeah, well, I think that's the umbrella here is that I think she – does think she, it was a humbling experience for her to return home. Yes. Right? So the whole scenario of her coming back home, it feels like a real step back, mm-hmm. considering that she's now divorced and doesn't have a home and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I think Byron handled it well. I mean, I think he gave her a piece of humble pie and was like, look, here's where we are. Yes. Yeah, show me that you care is what he says to her at the it- Now we're back in 1999, Allie, I call her Allie because that's what I, my shorthand in my notes. That's what Kat calls her. (laughs) Okay. So Alice, you know, emerges from the pond and she climbs on out and she goes to grab her backpack that's stashed, but she notices that it's dirty and then looks up and sees that the leaves have changed. She has definitely been gone a while and is confused because... It had only been just a day that she had been there. Mm-hmm. We find out she's been gone for two months, and she runs to Elliot and realizes the pond has the ability to send you forward in massive leaps of time. And this is when Elliot journals something that he will say as adult Elliot, but he writes it as a question, does the pond decide where Alice goes? And we know that to be the case, that the pond decides when and when she's allowed to go, and when she will go too. Right. So I wonder, are we going to be playing with this timeline? Like, will Allie, is it always going to be back? Is it always going to be now where we're at? Like, Or is that going to be like a sliding scale? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't remember exactly. The first time when Alice is in Kat's room, she does look at the calendar, and we do see that it's 1999, but I don't remember if we saw what month it was. That's a great point. I don't know. I don't know if it matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Alice is super worried that Kat's going to be mad that she's been gone for so long. She kind of like ghosted her, basically. So she runs to Kat's bedroom, and she's apologizing, and she's like, I'm so sorry, I should have texted you. And Kat's like, texted? <laughs> what are you talking about? But it's so funny, like, it's just completely brushed over, like... Wouldn't you be like, what does that mean, texted? (laughs) I would be like, what are you talking about? Yes, I'm not able to let things go easily. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) And you know, that doesn't – the fact that Alice is making mistakes and saying things like texted or uh, that's so retro. I mean, she's having natural reactions. Like that's what she would say to a friend. She's not used to editing herself for 24 years in the past. Right. I was wondering in this – part of the show too i was like does she purposely leave her phone behind because that would be a real telltale if she had a you know an apple iphone in her pocket when she
1: shows up
0: yes i think whether it was on purpose or not i think she does so her mom can't track her because she doesn't want to leave it on the bank of the pond right she doesn't want to jump into the pond with it right right and you know cat accepts her apology and then she takes her to a bonfire at the point and we meet baby monica for the first time she takes her to a party at the cove You're the point right. is a restaurant it's all right yeah. yeah she takes her to this uh, bonfire and we meet nick my brain Time travel has scrambled it. And I was like, oh, that's baby Colton. But no, that doesn't make any sense. So (laughs) that's that's grandpa. That would be just a real mix of time travel happening there. Yes. And would be particularly problematic because it's instantly clear that Alice is crushing on Nick. Exactly. Next scene, we have the return of Rita. Ugh, Rita. Best friend Rita. She visits Dale. And Dale's working on her boat. And Rita's... Excited to have dinner and drink some wine and hang out like friends do. But Byron crashes in. Actually, he doesn't crash in. He's coming over to give a set of keys to Kat for the office. Rita is... Not happy with his arrival. Rita's going to him man. <laughs> Dude, what is her deal? She rolls her eyes. She is just <laughs> so over Byron. You know, when Rita arrived, I kind of had that, like, Dell's just not that into Rita moment. She's mm-hmm. like, all right, I mean, I'll take the glass of wine. But Rita definitely does not want their moment interrupted by new crush Byron. Right. What's the story there? I don't get it. We're still in present day, and Kat is still working on her reworking her article on the cucumber at the point and monica softens hair she pours her a drink they chit chat now i'm a little leery of monica uh-huh. i hope her intentions are good so we watched this episode together and it, immediately wendy's like mm, i don't trust it and my immediate reaction naive that i am although i do think it ends up being accurate i'm immediately happy that she's softening and that we these two are starting to connect a little bit. Right. I'm happy about it too. I'm just like, Brr. and moreover, she Cat does need more friends. Yeah. And Monica even says that like you can't just talk to Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so now we're establishing okay, so Cat is getting comfortable and she is making friendships and creating her own community. I wonder if Monica knows how Elliot feels about Kat and feel like Kat relying on him too much isn't fair to Elliot knowing that he has stronger feelings for her than she has for him. Yeah. But then that's like a real shit move. If she's trying to like hook a uh, cat up with that other dude. Excellent point. You know, and we cut back. To Dell and Rita, and Rita confesses that she's the one who told the tourists about the bow, and I believe this is the moment at which Wendy yelled, "Stop meddling, Rita! <laughs> she is too invested and and Dell agrees with me she does she <laughs> says, "Stop using me as a charity case she's pissed yeah, and this scene is real uncomfortable, right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these two women mature women yelling at each other and byron's like ladies ladies." (laughs) like rita says shut up new guy oh (laughs) so funny And obviously that's like a throwback line to a couple episodes before when, when she called him new guy and he's like, I've been here six years, you know, whatever. (laughs) We cut back to Monica and Kat and they're bonding over having teenagers. And at this point they both apologize to each other. Kat apologizes for acting like the town is beneath her. And Monica apologizes, for pretending like she has it all together. And I like that these two are bonding in this moment. In walks Andy. Wowie zowie alert, played by Alex Mallory Jr., who is on the IMDb for this show, which leads me to believe he's more than just a casual introduction. He's also on Jenny and Georgia. Yeah. He plays the, the, the PI on uh-huh. Jenny and Georgia. I can't remember his name. Uh-huh. It's nice to see him on another series. I agree. And Monica here is encouraging Kat to pursue, like, you know, you're single now. Single lady. Let's Let's get with it. But cat's like what it's um (laughs) okay cut back to 1999 they're still at the bonfire and alice and nick are talking and nick is talking about the red hot chili peppers californication album notice in the 90s and how he thinks that album's really gonna really gonna have some meaning in the long run yeah so it's funny here i received a message from listener paula Mm -hmm. about this particular scene she says I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers reference, although it was the wrong song. And I was like, what do you mean the reference and the wrong song? She says that Nick is referencing Californication, which we know. But episode two was titled Scar Tissue, which came from Californication. So I think there's just like some disconnect on that episode was named after the Red Hot Chili Peppers song. But now it's only this episode that we're getting like the reference. Do you hear me? And Alice tells a beautiful story about why she plays music. And then we get Nick playing the guitar badly. He's real bad. (laughs) I have another notice in the 90s moment, which is Kat is wearing a string of butterfly clips in her hair. It's so bad. You know. It's so bad. I wore those in college. 1999, I was in college. I have have photos. Oh, my goodness. Not the greatest look. No. No. So Kat encourages Alice to play the guitar, and she picks it up and sings an acoustic version of Britney Spears' Baby Hit Me One More Time. Everybody's excited. Totally. I was excited. That was a great version of that song. I know. So good. And I was wondering, does Sadie Snow, is she an actual singer? Is she singing these songs, right? She's She's, she's got to be. be. Yeah, she's real good. Mm-hmm. Real and real the good. cops arrive, and everybody runs. Yeah, but here's a Did You See That moment. The, i know we don't do that in this in this in no, these, these episodes, i love it bring it on well the cops get there and the kids scatter but you see there's a full cooler of soda it of soda <laughs> it's not even like they have like red cups or like anything you know what i mean they're just hanging out i'm like why are they why would they be in trouble yeah it's still the sun's still up yeah <laughs> they're just gathering and We cut to the present day where Dell is having flashbacks of the boat, Mm -hmm. and that's all I have about that moment. Me too. Dell remembers Colton in the boat. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of weird. Like, there's nothing really going on there. Still in present day, we cut back to Alice and Nick, and they're hiding from the cops. The sun has gone down. How the cops are not looking for you. You're not on the lam. You do not Mm -hmm. need to hide for that long. They're done with you. They just wanted to break up the party. Yes, and this is a perfect excuse for Nick and Alice to get cozy. And share a smooch. And in this moment, I'm like, oh, no, Alice, you're missing Spencer's party. Because right before it was about to be broken up, she was about to leave and jump in the pond and head back to Spencer's party. Right. And so Kat invites Allie to spend the night. And Elliot's like, what are you doing? Like, you need to go home. You got to go home. And she's like, no, I'm choosing to stay regardless of the trouble she's going to get into in present day. And here you have a real problem because... She has to explain her absences in 1999 as well as present day. Yes. Although I do think it's easier to say I have to go home to Mm -hmm. Kat than it is to explain to her mother why she was out all night inexplicably (laughs) nowhere to be found. Yes, exactly. Alice and Kat are in their jammies gossiping about the kiss, being 15-year-old girls, and Alice very humorously wonders if he's her boyfriend now and... Kat's like, well, I have a boyfriend, and here's our first 1999 mention of Braden slash Brady. A couple things here. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they have nicknames for all of these characters? Oh, I don't it's, know. It's it's. It's a little bit confusing for me, to Uh be honest, okay. because we have his name's Braden, but I call him Brady. We have Del, who is obviously Delilah and Deli. We have Alice, who's Allie and Kat and Catherine. It's just like a lot of it's it would be confusing for a person to come in who didn't know who these characters were. Yeah, that's interesting to me. It just kind of warms the characters up. That they all, because that's real life, that all everyone has these nicknames for people. True. Mm-hmm. I think, but because there's so much going on, it can be a little bit confusing. Yes. I also want to mention that this scene with Kat and Alice as teenagers being in, I think they're up in the Elliot's treehouse oh. or oh. loft or whatever they're in but this scene with the two of them laying there in bed and just talking really took me back to being a teenager and those moments like being with your best friend and you're talking in bed before you go to sleep and the giggles and the ah oh, such a good time mhm i was mm-hmm. like this is definitely what best friends do right at this point and they share secrets cat shares the secret of of meeting this boy and how you know he's a secret from the family because she, She's worried that Dell won't like him or his family because they come from money. Mm -hmm. And she asks Alice, like, do you have secrets? And here Alice takes a beat and tells her that she can time travel. And of course, Kat thinks she's joking, which is the correct response. Right, because what are you going to be like? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Night, uh-huh. night. <laughs> Yeah. So now we're back in present day, and and Alice is running through the farm early a.m. trying to get home so nobody, you know, had missed her. Come on, this doesn't make any sense to me. Go ahead. And then I'm going to I'm going to point out this is where Megan's going to Megan. <laughs> and, and I would too. Trust me. So Dell sees Alice running through, and she's like, "Hmm, that's weird." And Alice climbs into her room, gets back in bed. With wet hair, with wet hair, and she texts Spencer and says, "Like, you know, sorry for flaking on the party, blah blah blah, whatever." Cat come comes in and compliments her, or she basically is like, "Oh, you're you're still in bed?" And this is where Megan went yesterday when we were watching it together. What? There's <laughs> because... no way Cat's not waiting up for this kid, right? Yeah, especially since she went missing like just days before. Also, yeah. When I was a teenager, I had to my dad would wait up for me. And if for some reason they didn't wait up, I had to go in and wake my parents up when I came home. There was no mm-hmm. like sneaking in, going to my room and they didn't know if I was home or not. Right. right. Come on. I know you say like, I'm being Megan here, but are you letting <laughs> your 15, you're going to bed and you don't know where your 15 year old is. And you're no. just like, eh, it, she'll show up. No, no. no. She, maybe we could say like, oh, she believed her to be at Spencer's. So she figured she was fine and she just went to bed, but I don't buy it. Yeah, I understand. Well, and on top of that, she had Monica telling her like, hey, she's safe at my house. Yes. Don't worry about it. It's all good. So, I mean, there's some built in backstory there of like maybe she wasn't tracking her on Life360 to (laughs) see like where she was at. But yes, as a mom to a 15 year old, I am likely making sure she is snuggled into her bed at night. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to point out here, I really, really love the bedspread on, oh, yeah. <laughs> on Alice's bed it's here. Cute. It's real cute. But anyway, here we go. Kat's like complimenting her and telling her how, how great she's doing in Port Haven. Remember, it's only been like three or four or five days yeah, now yeah, at yeah. this point. And, and that Alice is really building her trust back in her mom. And then Kat leaves and you see Alice feels real guilty she does and prior to this when she came in we saw a bunch of texts from spencer like are are you are you are you coming are you running late and she lies and says that she was sick right now i kind of like saw this like foreshadowing moment when we see monica talking to kat in the diner about how spencer's hosting this party and alice is there i suspect that this was going to blow up in her face Well, sure. Like, you can't ever count on teenagers not running into your parents somewhere. You got to cover your bases. Right. Especially Uh, in a small town. Exactly. And Spencer and Alice don't have that kind of relationship to be like, oh, I got to go do something else. But if you see my mom, tell her that I was at your party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm No. No. We're in the kitchen. We're still talking about the damn boat. Yeah. Alice still wants Dell to keep the boat. And we get a flash forward to Colton on the boat. We find out where the scratches on the boat came from as he kind of crashes into the Doc, as it were, and he says, "I can't find him. He's gone." We have to be talking about Jacob, right? We have to assume. However, there's a line in a minute mm. that's confusing to me. Okay, but we finally get another softening of Dell, and she says, "Cat, you're a good mom. You're doing a good job." Yeah, finally. Yeah. God Wait, mom, what do I have to do? No, Cat definitely needed some reassurance here, I mm-hmm. think, and Dell did need to realize that. Alice is her granddaughter. She has a parent here, so mm-hmm. she has to relinquish some of those, you know, parenting moments to her actual mother. Yes. Alice runs into Mr. Augustine in school and says, when are you going to tell me that the pond can send me ahead in time? And uh, he doesn't really want to meddle with what she knows and what she doesn't know. hmm Yeah. Then we get Monica and Kat back at the point, and uh, in walks Andy again, who introduces himself again. They just met last night. Yeah, like, really. But Monica's like, given the big obvious mime, like, give them your number. Right. And they all clock that and Kat, Kat. gives Andy your number. <laughs> exactly. She writes it down on a napkin. Know, like, give me your phone. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Spencer arrives at the point And oh. this is when Alice's lie all falls apart because Kat says, hey, thanks so much for including Alice in your party. And he's like, oh, yeah, too bad she couldn't come uh yeah did he seem annoyed to you yes mm-hmm. that's why i'm like i don't think that's his girlfriend yeah that's what i'm wondering if like is he crushing on her a little bit like truly why would he text her so many times like are you coming why are you coming are you why are you here is everything okay blah blah blah, blah. you know yeah agree
1: i, I can swear they were holding should...
0: hands though in the first episode oh okay but yeah. i can't i can't recall well it also could just be, like, he's trying to reach out and feels like, hey, I was being a good dude, and you're not being a good dude in return. hmm mm-hmm. Especially because Alice is not terribly well-liked at the school, so Spencer's kind of going out on a limb by extending this olive branch. Right. And now this is the moment I hate because Monica knows that Kat has been lied to. They had this bonding moment and she knows that oh, Kat trusted her daughter and boom, that did not go well. So you don't like this scene because you don't want Monica to know? I don't dislike this scene. I just felt secondhand embarrassment for Kat because another parent found out that my kid were lying to me, that I was the last to know, I'd feel not great. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Cut back to the kitchen. Alice is singing Brittany at the table. Adele announces she's gonna keep the boat. And Alice says, I'm gonna go meet up with Spencer and Zoe. And Kat does not bust her. This is a cool move by mom. Yeah. I don't have any chill like <laughs> Me. this. No, you're not. Where yeah. were you last night? <laughs> totally. I would have you busted know? that door down and been like, young lady, 100%. No, Jill. Well, she's definitely, well, at this point I was like, oh, she's trying to set Alice up mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. expose her cards or whatever. Anyway, but during this scene too, Kat shows Dell the article, the new article that she had written about the cucumber. And we have this voice over Cat's." cat's basically it's her voice reading the article and they're talking about trust is what it comes down to he didn't set out to grow the biggest cucumber yeah he just trusted the soil i don't know whatever (laughs) the main theme there is about trust and now we have cat who doesn't trust alice anymore so she is following alice out to the pond you know i also see in that moment in addition to that article being about trust a little bit about you know cat wasn't necessarily expecting to find happiness or a place at home she was coming home as a last resort and i think with the connection to monica with giving her number to andy she's with having a job she's starting to feel like even what she planned to do is turning into something different right now before moving on what is your line that you didn't like something about the boat I think it happens when Dell tells Kat that she's a good mom and they're on the boat oh, and they're okay. talking about Alice and Alice kind of pressuring Dell to keep the boat. And Kat says, She doesn't know we never took the boat out. Okay. Yes. But we see Colton on the boat. Now, it could be that the only time the boat was taken out was to look for the him in that moment that we see, which we mm-hmm. assume is Jacob, but we don't know. And Kat doesn't know about it. Or. Is there something else going on? Right. That's what I don't know. That's... Yes. Could be nothing. Got it. Totally understand. So now we see Kat sees Alice jump into the pond. Mm-hmm. And Alice does not come back up. So Kat's like, what the hell? Well, she doesn't say what the hell, but she, like, runs down to the pond, yelling her name, yelling her name, and then jumps into the pond after her... And the question is, is it clever editing, or does Kat really not come back up? Well, I saw the preview for next week. Oh. Kat is back in 1999. So when we were watching this, I was like, this is really going to mess up the space-time continuum if she runs into her younger self. Totally. (laughs) Everything we know about time travel says do not meet your younger self. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. But what I like about it is now we don't just have Alice's lo- or storyline of her returning to the past. Now we have Kat returning to the past. And so it's going to open this whole new uh, chapter, I feel like. Yes, that's a great point. And I think I like that we're going to get Kat in on this secret. Mm-hmm. Because it's not sustainable for Alice to continue to time. She can't keep disappearing. Right. And so... They both have motivation to want to return to the past for different reasons. And so hopefully they can work as a team. Well, I think Kat's biggest motivation would be to obviously not lose her brother. Yes. Or find out what happened. Exactly. Now, speaking of what happened... Last week, I did put a poll on our Girls Gone Hallmark yes. Instagram. Now, are you interested in hearing where people what people think happened to Jake? Very. Here are some responses. And I'm going to tell you, they're all very similar. He is in another time. He's a traveler too. He jumped into the lake, obviously. He ended up He ended up with Jamie and Claire from Outlander. (laughs) I don't watch that show. It's a joke that I don't get. He's trapped in time travel and can't figure out how to get back. He fell into the pond and he's in the future somewhere. They're basically all the same. And then there's two very dark ones. Uh Uh-oh. He was kidnapped. Uh Uh-huh. Child abduction. Oh, no. I'm like, this would take a real turn. (laughs) Yeah. Which, to be fair... It could be any of these things. Right. He was there one second and he wasn't the next. So where did I mean, he go? Is it more likely he was abducted traveling back to 1999? Right? or where Stuck in a time when he can't yeah. get out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with abduction. Hey. It's not a bad not a bad choice there. Let's talk yeah. about our homie of the week. Yes, ma'am. We are awarding this week's homie of the week to one Miss Monica For making the first move, breaking the ice with Kat, reconnecting these two old friends. What I'm curious to see, though, is when we meet young Monica in the past, she is the first Monica that we meet. She's kind of shady. So when are we going to see them become friends in the past? I don't know. Because they clearly don't like each other in 1999. No, they did not seem to. Right. So did they always have this sort of antagonistic relationship, or do they become real friends? That's what I'd like to see. But Monica, you are our homie of the week, played by Samora Smallwood. Thank you for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. If you enjoyed these episodes, we'd love it if you'd share it with a friend. Let them know. Leave our podcast, a five-star rating and a review in the Apple podcast app. And we'll be back next week with another movie review and episode four of The Way Home. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.